Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this uh, Monday, December the 12th, 2022, on the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. May she pray and intercede for all of us. But here's a question. What aren't they telling you about Our Lady of Guadalupe, her miraculous apparition and the conversion of millions? Well, we're going to have that conversation with Gabriel Castillo coming up at 35 past this hour. Uh, We've had him on the show many times in the past. Great guy, incredible Catholic evangelist. He's produced a documentary film, a short doc, on his website, Gabby After Hours, or his YouTube channel, rather, Gabby After Hours, which you can check out right now. Uh, but we're going to be talking about his journey to Mexico. What did he learn along the way? There's some pretty cool stuff there. I'm guaranteeing you're going to learn at least one thing today about Our Lady of Guadalupe. So uh, do tune in if you can. Hey, embracing failure in Advent. Oh, boy, can I ever relate to this. Uh, i got to be honest with you, and I'm going to share some things that are going to be pretty, like I don't really tell too many people about those kinds of things. Coming up at 15 past the hour in relation to failure and this time of year. I actually don't like this time of year, to be honest. It's the roughest time of year for me is the end of the year, and we're going to talk about that coming up at 15 past the hour. Maybe you know somebody, maybe you yourself have struggled with failure at this time of year. And we're going to have that conversation. Tito Edwards is going to be our guest at the top of the next hour. Uh, How transparent just uh, have the Jesuits been about uh, abuse allegations with one of their own recently? We're going to have that conversation with Tito Edwards at the top of the next hour for those of of you that can join us. There was, uh, by the way, a recount in Massachusetts in the state house there flipped from Republican to uh, Democrat. Hmm, interesting. Uh, new mask mandates are back in California. Oh, that's always fun. Meanwhile, in totally unrelated news, the Died Suddenly documentary film on Rumble has had uh, more than 13.5 million views already. Good times. Praise be to God. Hey, the Army tops Navy in first ever overtime game in rivalry. Is that fantasy football? I'm just curious. Over its first nine months, the Biden administration has removed 71% fewer Locally arrested criminals, aliens coming across our border than was the case under the Trump administration. And Elon Musk torches former CEO, CEO, uh, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey over his alleged lack of action against child porn on the website. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And uh, it's a really good thing I kept that mask, huh? Because uh, <laughs> so, you're there going back. Next week. Because, <laughs> like, let's see, where can we go for vacation? Mm, I got it. I got it. It's a great the idea. the worst it's place fine. that uh, we can go. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go there. So, uh, no, are you, are you ready, I'm, I'm just, I'm, look, I'm not going to wear the mask. Mm. I represent Free Breathers United, <laughs> hashtag Free Breathers. Okay. So, uh, no, I'm not going to be wearing that. Thank you, mm-hmm. Governor mm-hmm. Gruesome. Governor. N- nuisance. Uh, what what sorry, else what? is there? What, uh, what else do they call what him? Uh, uh, Governor Newsome? New. Um, <laughs> so are we going to have to like bail you out of like a COVID concentration camp? You might. You oh, might. Okay. Because unlike the criminals that they just mm. completely let out off the hook without mm. any sort of bail or anything, yeah. the the people who free breathe, those people <laughs> go into the concentration <laughs> camp. Free breathe. <laughs> That's fun. Hashtag free breathers, eh? 
Uh, speaking of needing bail, Adrian Fonseca's here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Happy feta. Happy feta. <laughs> the feast. <What>? The feast <laughs> of Latin. The feta. Feta. The, f- the feast day. I like of feta cheese. Guadalupe. Does no, that count? No, very different. Very? Uh, is very it very different? different? See, cheese is mm-hmm. a food, mm-hmm. whereas the feast is about Our Lady of Guadalupe. I see. Yeah, you don't eat Our Lady, you, uh, typically. Praise be to God. Yes, but no, it's, we had a great thing. celebration yesterday. We had oh the mariachi uh, mass. Oh, only the only problem was the mariachis showed up like an hour late. They missed oh, mass. They, what? Uh, not only did they miss mass, but they came an hour after. Uh, so everybody was like half the people were gone by the time they showed up, and then we were like, dude. What are we paying you for? Like, right. And then uh, the uh, and then the, it was raining, so the piñatas oh, we didn't get to hit the piñatas. So that was a bummer. But the food yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. The convivium was good. So yeah. it was overall a good time. It was a good time. We got to sing songs to our lady, so it was ah, worth it. I'm sorry you missed the mariachi mass, my friend. Mm. Yeah, no you know, really, really quickly, no last year uh-huh. uh, on the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we had mariachis come in for mass as well. You did, and they all had masks on. What? at this at this event, nobody was wearing masks, and they and <laughs> we guilt tripped them to take them off. Ouch! <laughs> this Ouch. was back in California. Ouch. <laughs> Awkward stuff, but nonetheless, we are going to have a good show today. Do share us with a friend. Let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, December the 12th, and here are your headlines this morning. Reuters reports Kristen Cinema leaves Democratic Party, adding drama to tight Senate margin. U.S. Senator Kristen Cinema of Arizona is leaving the Democratic Party to become an independent. Cinema's statements so far indicate that she will continue working in the independent-minded way that she has demonstrated over the past two years, collaborating with Democrats and Republicans to enact legislation, while unafraid of erecting roadblocks that frustrate the status quo of her colleagues. Just the News reports Carrie Lake files election challenge in Arizona court. Arizona Republican gubernatorial gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake has announced that she has filed an election challenge, alleging that the total number of illegal votes in the Arizona midterm elections were greater than her opponent's margin of victory. She further contends that thousands of Republican voters were disenfranchised as a result of Maricopa County election officials' misconduct in connection with the widespread tabulator or printer failures at 59% of the 223 vote centers in Maricopa County. The Blaze reports Elon Musk releases the second set of Twitter files detailing how conservatives were shadow banned and blacklisted. We don't shadow ban a statement from Twitter Red in 2018, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology. The story was released to journalist Barry Weiss, who tweeted it in a long thread on her account. Weiss detailed how Twitter placed the account of Dr. Jay Bhattachara of uh, Stanford University and others on a trans blacklist, which prevented his tweets from being widely seen because he argued that the pandemic lockdowns were harmful to children. And I bet you're wondering, how could the Holy House of Mary in Nazareth have ended up in Loretto, Italy? This one's from Catholic News Agency. They say tradition holds that the Holy House arrived in Loretto on December 10th, 1294, after a miraculous rescue from the Holy Land as the Crusaders were driven out of Palestine at the end of the 13th century. 
There's an often repeated story that angels carried the Holy House from Palestine to, to Italy. While modern listeners may doubt the legend's veracity, historic documents have vindicated the beliefs of pious pilgrims over the centuries with an ironic twist. In 1900, the Pope's physician Joseph Lapani discovered documents in the Vatican archive stating that the 13th century noble Byzantine family, the Angeli family, rescued materials from Our Lady's house from a Muslim invader and then had them uh, transported to Italy for the building of a shrine. The name Angeli means angels in both Greek and Latin. Further historic dip diplomatic correspondence not published until 1985 discusses the holy stones taken away from the house of Our Lady, Mother of God, in the fall of 1294. Holy stones were included in the dowry of Ithamar Angeli for her marriage to Philip II of Anu, son of King Charles II of Naples. But I choose to believe the pious legend that angels physically, literally carry the house over. But, uh, well, maybe there's both here. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Corinthian. Now, this is going to be some uh, old 4th century Brittany names or Scottish and Irish and Celtic and Gaelic names. So here we go. Born in the 4th or between the 4th and 5th century, St. Corinthian is one of the seven saints who evangelized Brittany. St. Corinthian was born in a region called Coronolia in Armacayani. He became a, mermaid, a hermit in the city of Plomerian, adjacent to Manez home, where he was already changing lives through his devotion to people. His selfless, selflessness was renowned across France and through the medium of scriptures and word of mouth. His humanitarianism was recognized in Europe also. Near where he was living, a miraculous fish would present itself to St. Corinthian in a fountain. He would cut a small piece off the fish to feed himself, and the piece would regrow. When King Gradlon decided to create the Diocese of Quimper, he called on Croatian to and asked him to uh, become the first bishop. He sent him to the city of Tours so that he could become consecrated by St. Martin. He was accompanied by his disciple St. Guinole, founder of Ledevenac Abbey, at St. Tudy, where contemporaries and disciples of Coration. Gradlon was also given a palace on the location where Quimper's Cathedral now stands. After his death, he was buried in the front of the altar of the Quimper Cathedral. An abbey was dedicated to him in 1201 by King Philippe Auguste near Montes, and it was called St. Corinthian Abbey. In the Britain legend of the city of Ease, Coration in the city Corinthian is the saint who observed the fall of Ease and warned King Gradlon of the sin committed by his daughter De Hutt. Later tales blamed the caprice of Princess De Hutt for the cataclysm at Ease, where the tales say referred to her as a descendant of fairies sent to beguile King Gradlon into ruin. Others depict her as a princess seduced by the devil into opening the floodgates. The tales show a common plot point. The king and the princess magically escaping to shore on horseback where they were way there where they are waylaid by Saint Coration, who decries the excesses of Dehot and causing her to fall into the water and become a Morgan. Saint Coration is then seen as feeding him some of the regenerative fish, symbolizing the gift of Christianity. He died around 460. St. Corinthian, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 47. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste, 
to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Ghost, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The venerable beat would say, nor is it to be wondered at that our Lord, about to redeem the world, commenced his mighty works with his mother, that she, through whom the salvation of all men was prepared, should herself be the first to reap the fruit of salvation from her pledge. Close quote. Venerable Bede, pray for us. St. Ambrose had quite a bit to say today. He says, quote, as evil came into the world by a woman, so also is good introduced by a woman. And so it seems not without meaning that both Elizabeth prophesies before John and Mary before the birth of the Lord. But it follows that as Mary was the greater person, so she uttered the fuller prophecy. He goes on to say, mark the distinction and propriety of each word. Elizabeth first heard the word, but John first experienced the grace. She heard by the order of nature, he leapt by reason of the mystery. She perceived the coming of Mary, and he the coming of the Lord. Close quote, St. Ambrose, pray for us. Origen also had much to say today. He says, for Jesus was, for Jesus, who was in her womb, hastened to sanctify John, still in the womb of his mother. He was not filled with the Spirit until she stood near him who bore Christ in her womb. Then indeed he was both filled with the Spirit and, le and leaping imparted the grace to his mother. Close quote, origin. The Afflicate says, But he magnifies God who worthily follows Christ, and now that he is called Christian, lessens not the glory of Christ by acting unworthily, but does great and heavenly things. And then the spirit shall rejoice and shall not be withdrawn, so to say, put to death. Close quote the applicant. If you're a Christian, we need to be like our lady. Say yes today. We'll be right back. Unbelievers often reject religion because it sometimes causes conflict. They'll say, science will fly you to the moon, religion will fly you into buildings. Is this a rational basis for rejecting religion? The answer is no, and here's the reason. First, just because something causes conflict doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. For example, many wars have been fought over land. Does this mean we should do away with the right to private property? I don't think so. Second, the objection doesn't specify which religions cause war. It may belong to the essence of some religions to spread its message by the sword, and these we should reject, but it doesn't belong to all religions. So, to the question, should I reject religion because it causes conflict? The answer is no. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. 
thecatholic.com. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClendon. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Gabriel Castillo is going to be on the program. He's back. I don't know if you caught, I guess it was about a month ago now or so that he released his documentary film on Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, with Frater Giovanni, who we also had on the program. Um, they made, he made, remember we had him on right before he was getting ready to fly to Mexico and they were filming this. Well, it's a great, great documentary film. And I learned a few things about Our Lady and the miracles. And I think you are too. And we're going to have that conversation. And there are things I guarantee that you've never heard before. They have not told you these things. And we're going to reveal them to you coming up at 35 past the hour. So do join us if you can. But uh, I saw an article this morning out of, uh, RadiantMagazine.com. It was linked up at BigPulpit.com. Tito Edwards is going to be on with us top of the next hour. The headline caught my attention. It said, Embracing Failure in Advent. And boy, could I ever relate to this. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to share something with you that I try not to share with too many people outside of my immediate circles. You could ask my wife. I should get my wife on. She, she could spend this whole segment just telling you the truth about me. Okay. I dislike this time of year. It's not that I dislike Christmas. Yes, I am a, a curmudgeon. Yes, I am a bah humbug. That's true. I don't like putting up Christmas lights. Can't confirm. Okay, that's, tr- that's all true, but that's not why I don't like this time of year. I struggle through depression every single Christmas season and the end of the year because all I can think about is my failure. All I can think about and dwell upon is my lack of accomplishing the goals that I set out to accomplish in that year. No, I'm not talking about weight loss. No, I'm not talking about uh, you know saving more money. No, I, th- what I'm talking about is accomplishing the mission which I feel God has set me upon. The salvation of souls through my little tiny effort, my little pebble amongst the boulders, my drop in the ocean. Did I do what God has asked me to do? Did I accomplish the mission? And I always find failure in that every year. Here's what Sarah says, and I think it's interesting. And she doesn't look at it quite from the same perspective as I do or struggle with it. But she says, quote, every year Christmas comes, it may find me kicking and screaming, curled up in the corner, frantically rapping and sweating and wondering how it happened to come so fast. In fact, it too often does. And what of Advent then? Well, those are the years when Advent is a, is a nice idea, something that other people do. You know the people, the perfect Catholics, the ones with perfectly dressed children, the ones whose husbands do laundry, the ones who are organized. I used to subscribe to looking at Advent as a mini Lent, a preparation for a big feast in a time of penance and sacrifice. Now, however, Advent has become something beautifully little. 
For me, the joy of Advent has been not in the lack, not in the silence, not in the anticipation, because I found there's not much of any of those during Advent. The world is rolling in nauseous excess and noise. During my first pregnancy, I was very pregnant during Advent. It seemed fitting, for in her wisdom, the Church has given us a pregnancy to kick things off at the beginning of the liturgical year. That year, I found myself looking at things with a new view. That year, I appreciated the kicks and the, of the, and the discomfort and the fact that Mary rode a donkey for nearly 70 miles while bursting with a baby. It made me look at my own complaints about long car trips in a whole new way. Think of that moment when she and Joseph decided that they, go, that they need to go to Bethlehem while she was super pregnant with nowhere to stay. Let Lest I get overwhelmed by how much there is to do in Advent, I need only remember this image. Mary on a donkey, pregnant to breaking, with her husband walking beside her, and no hotel booked. Makes my Advent failures look small, even silly. Makes my, makes my mention of Advent feel inconsequential, really. But from what I've heard from others over the years, it's not unusual to feel Advent as a time of failure. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the littleness that's unique to Advent. Maybe that's the focus I should start taking when Thanksgiving is over and Advent is suddenly upon me. It's not about when we'll decorate or whether we should sing Christmas songs before a certain day. It's not about the gifts I need to buy and wrap and organize. It's not even about our plans or how we'll trilocate when there's a tournament and a party and a sidekick. So often, I get caught up in the details, and I lose sight of the big picture. And despite Advent being a little season full of big love, I find myself getting angry and stressed and overwhelmed by the big stresses I've imposed upon it. It's about a baby in a manger. It's about the salvation of my soul. It's about so much more and so much less. Less? Why? Yes. The baby doesn't need much. Though you wouldn't know it from the bursting baby industry, giving them some food, a warm snuggle, fresh diapers, and they're good. Truly, they are content, asleep, growing. That baby in the manger, the king of the universe, isn't asking for much from me. In fact, he's asking for nearly nothing. While he wants all of me, that doesn't mean he wants all the stuff I've been trying to shove into the season. The daily devotions, the extra parties, the keeping track and shopping and planning, none of that more is in what he's asking of me. If I'll sit down with him, Christ will be happy. If I look in the eyes of those people he so generously put in my life and be truly present, be truly active, be truly thankful, Christ will be content. If I make it to Christmas without a, a, mo- a momtrum, a momtrum, like a tantrum, but a momtrum, because of some small detail Christ will coo happily. Every year, we get to welcome a king. It's the gift God uh, keeps on giving each of us. And for me, there is a gift in the failure I experience. We're kicking off our year, and I'm failing right out of the gate. That's a beautiful lesson in either humility or stupidity, or maybe it's uh, meant to be a lesson in both. I'm going to fail. It's part of fallen human nature. But in failing, I draw closer to my Savior. I'm more willing to embrace His outstretched hand, and I'm more open to His love. In failing, I accept who He can make me, who He intends me to be, who I'm not. Some would say, then, 
that the failure isn't really a failure any more than the manger as a crib was a failure. I think, in fact, it's grace and opportunity making me more into the woman God is in mind for me to be. And for that, the failure is completely worth it. Sarah Reinhardt over at RadiantMagazine.com. I find it very fascinating because 455 years to the exact day that I was born in 1974, 455 years prior to that same day in July, 7th of July, 1519, Hernan Cortez was fleeing Mexico City for basically his life. He had accomplished miracles, to be honest with you. He landed in a foreign country he knew nothing about, surrounded by hundreds of thousands of indigenous peoples that he did not know their strength, their capabilities, but he was resolute and focused. The day he landed on the beach, he, what's the first thing he did? They intoned the Te Deum, they set up an altar, they said Holy Mass, the first Thanksgiving in 1519. And guess what? They had an embassy from Montezuma come visit them because Montezuma was uh, the emperor of a very advanced culture, the Aztec Empire. Engineering marvels. The communication system was pretty darn fast for 1519 because Montezuma knew that they had landed before Hernan even knew there was a Montezuma. What do these ambassadors do after they witnessed the Holy Mass? They were invited to a meal. And then they tried to sprinkle human blood on that meal. Hernan Cortez would have no part of this. He stood up and challenged him to a fight, a personal combat to the death. This is Hernan Cortez because he would not tolerate this insanity. They ran for their lives. Hernan Cortez was so determined to destroy the worship of Satan himself that when he fled Mexico City, on, and uh, it was July 7th, 1519. He was wounded and exhausted and starving with half of his men left alive, many of whom drowned in the waters that surrounded Cactus Rock because they filled their pockets full of gold. They didn't make it. And when he rounds a corner, hoping that he would find respite, he instead finds the army of the brother of Montezuma, some historians say 200,000 uh, Aztec warriors greeted his 1,500 wounded and starving and utterly exhausted men. Now, most men in this circumstance would, would crumble under the pressure, the anxiety, the stress of it all. They would retreat. In fact, one of the incredible things that Hernan Cortez was able to pull off was the fact that he had so impressed the other native populations that they came to fight and die next to him in the thousands. This was not the colonial Europeans against the poor indigenous peoples that you have been taught in school. That is utter nonsense. Hernan inspired the indigenous peoples, and they came to fight and die with him. And he was outnumbered, severely. But because he was so determined, he refused to call retreat. He refused, even though he was uh, probably going to be dying in the next few moments, 
He drew his sword and he rallied his men for God and for Our Lady. Do you know one of the last things he did in Mexico before he had to flee the town? There was an image that he set up at the top of their temple there, where they had sacrificed so many hundreds of thousands of human persons, to include some of the Spanish soldiers. He knew that he would not leave Our Lady alone up there. So he took a contingent of Spanish soldiers and he fought his way all the way to the top to retrieve Our Lady, only to find that she was already gone. Then he had to fight his way all the way back. He was willing to die for Our Lady and for God. And on that day, July 7th, 1519, utterly outnumbered, 200,000 to only about 1,500 men and indigenous warriors. He had no more cannon. He had no more guns. He had his steel, his heart, and he had God. And he commended his men to Our Lady and to God, and they fought and they won. They were so victorious that the army before them fled. And he was able to uh, go into the peaceful country of his Tlaxcalan uh, uh, allies. And they recuperated. And what did he do next? Did he run for his ships? Did he board his ships? And did he go back in utter failure and defeat? No. No. Not Hernan Cortez. No. He went back to take Cactus Rock and to destroy and crush the hummingbird wizard because our God and our lady demanded it. In the face of failure, Hernan Cortez would not accept defeat. He charged when everyone else would run. He charged forward. At this time of year, if you struggle with failure like I do, it's time to charge. We'll be right back. Gabriel Castillo comes up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when people set out to destroy the church? They don't destroy the church, but they manage to wreck everything else. G.K. Chesterton says men who begin to fight the church for the sake of freedom and humanity end up flinging away freedom and humanity if only they may fight the church. The secularists have not managed to destroy divine things, but they have destroyed secular things. Thanks to the war against the church, the world is a mess. We have more disorder, more distress, more discontent than ever before. And that's why we must defend the faith. By defending God's truth, we are defending all truth. By defending the church, we are saving the world. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Planning on shopping online this year for Christmas? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you do your Christmas shopping online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give some extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network during the holiday season. Welcome back. You're dialed into Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now here's a couple more headlines for you. This one's from Ground News. They say U.S. is to announce fusion energy breakthrough today. 
U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm says that scientists have been able to produce a fusion reaction that creates a net energy gain in a quest to develop unlimited, cheap, and clean power. This would represent the first time that researchers have successfully produced more energy in a fusion reaction than was consumed during the process. Now first fusion, and next, flying cars. Catholic News Agency reports, why is Our Lady of Guadalupe a patroness of the unborn? When Our Lady appeared to St. Juan Diego nearly 500 years ago, she came first and foremost as a mother, the mother of God and our mother. She said, quote, Listen and let it penetrate your heart, my dear little son. Do not be troubled or weighted down with grief. Do not fear any illness or vexation, anxiety or pain. Our Lady of Guadalupe is quoted as comforting the saint. Continuing, I, Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under the shadow and my protection? Am I not your fountain of life? Are you not in the folds of my mantle? In the crossing of my arms, is there anything else you need? Unquote. She spoke as his mother and as the mother of an unborn baby Jesus when she appeared on the hill of Tepeyac in Mexico City in 1531. Her miraculous image imprinted on the saint's cloak shows her wearing a black sash, an indication of pregnancy in the native culture. In 1999, Pope John Paul II established December 12th as the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. He uh, proclaimed, This is our cry, life with dignity for all, for all who have been conceived in their mother's womb, for street children, for Guadalupe. Nearly 20 years later, in 2018, Pope Francis continued to entrust Our Lady of Guadalupe, in particular, those who are awaiting their birth of their children. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us now in studio is uh, Praise Be to Jesus, Gabriel Castillo from Gabby After Hours, True Faith TV, and probably a dozen other things, too, that you don't even tell us about. I'm Come trying to consolidate. You. I'm trying to keep it just to Gabby <laughs> After Hours and then a talks channel, yeah. just so that I don't muddy up my YouTube channel with talks. Yeah, yeah. But, I dislike that about YouTube that you have to focus. Yeah, but niche th- down. they're they're cleaning it up in their YouTube channel. You can have a section for shorts, a section for live, a section for. So I, I could figure it out at some point, but <laughs> we should just talk about YouTube. Then. I, I could. I could yeah. talk. I think <laughs> I, when I'm not looking up and praying and looking up things about the faith, I'm yeah. studying YouTube and how to be a better YouTuber. I think I learned that from you. Actually, you're the first one to start going down that rabbit hole of. Well, I got to tell you, I, there are there are. Some great Catholic YouTubers out there, yes. to be sure. And yes. but problem is, we need about a thousand more. Yes. But among those that are great, I'm going to say I have you at the top of the list. I appreciate okay. that. Uh, I love your work. Thank you. Your work is amazing. It's inspirational. It's beautiful. It's captivating. It's energetic, and inspiring. And uh, this this little short documentary that you did on Our Lady Guadalupe was just beautiful. Thank you. And I learned a few things, and I thought I thought I knew most of the things, but I, yeah. I'm, I was learning new things here. So tell me about why you felt inspired to make this film. I did not feel inspired, actually. I did not want to make the film. It wasn't my idea. I actually had said, I have no plans or intentions to going to Mexico. I, I literally just said that, and then Frater Giovanni <laughs> comes to town, and he's like, I would like to make a Guadalupe documentary. And then I told my assistant, I said, Claire, if this guy's serious... You, you might have to go to Mexico because I just made a resolution <laughs> yesterday that, that I was not going to go to Mexico. But, it you know, 
mothers have a way of getting their children to do what they want them to do. And then within 24 hours, Frater Giovanni and I not only had plans to go to Mexico, our housing was covered by a very famous Mexican actor. He let us stay at his house. He didn't even know us. Great guy. If you don't know, I'm talking about Eduardo Verostegui. Class act individual. They didn't even know, you know, who's Gabi, who's this Giovanni. He just let us stay at his house and had a a driver come and pick us up at the airport. How wonderful. Uh, And then our flights were paid for by another friend of Frater Giovanni. I noticed that because he wears that white habit, he can pretty much ask and he showers. (laughs) So that's the trick. I need a guy in a white habit. No joke. We went to breakfast one time and people were just giving him money. And I was like, I need a white habit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to be religious. I'm just going to dress like one. He told me that wasn't allowed. (laughs) Somehow not allowed. But I was converted deeply by the message of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And it wasn't the tilma that converted me, actually, although there's great scientific uh, evidence, and we're going to talk about that, but it's what the tilma points to. And it's the words of Our Lady that Rudy read earlier. And the message of Guadalupe, in short, is that Mary is our mother. Mm-hmm. That's, and, and we hear that, and we believe that, we accept that with faith, but we don't act like it. And that's the message of Guadalupe. Act like it. We insult God, we insult the mother of God when we worry, when we stress, when we have anxiety, when we have doubt. At Guadalupe, Mary goes to Juan Diego and calls him by his name before she even knew him, but before he knew her. And she calls him my little one, my son, my beloved. And that's how Mary speaks to all of us. And she asks Juan Diego to go to the bishop, go to him, tell him, I want a temple because I am the mother of all of these people. Mm. And the last thing in the the fourth apparition, she tells him, I'm not going to read it word for word, but hear me and understand well, my little son, that nothing should frighten you. Nothing should grieve you. And then the last thing she says, do not grieve nor be disturbed by anything. In the Catholic faith, we have Jesus really present in the Eucharist. He does that because he loves us. He died on the cross because he loves us. Everything he does, he gave us a mother because he loves us. He not only takes care of us in the spiritual order, but also in the natural order. And we see throughout the Gospels that our Lord blesses those who are confident. The majority of the miracles that Jesus works, he worked them for those who had extraordinary confidence in him. When the lame man was brought through the roof of somebody else's house, that lame man might not have had the confidence, but his friends who ripped the roof off of somebody's house, those people had heroic confidence. And Our Lady is saying, stop worrying. The, The act of not worrying is an act of faith. So before there's any miracle, before there's any divine intervention, there has to be faith present. And Our Lady saying the very act of not stressing out, entrusting those cares to me, who am your mother, my eyes are always upon you, that is an act of faith. And we forget that for Mary, when Mary came to our, as Our Lady of Guadalupe, she came as a pregnant mother, not just bearing the Christ child, but bearing us who are the members of the body of Christ. And a biological woman who has a child, her breasts fill up with milk, and when she cannot feed that child, her breasts hurt. It hurts a woman to not be able to feed her children. And so Our Lady's coming to us and saying, don't cause me pain by not allowing me to give you the sweet consolation of my milk. And she asked Juan Diego, go to the bishop, have a temple built here so that these people can experience my clemency and my compassion that she has for the natives and all of those who seek her. And so it's important also to remember that as we discussed the Aztecs and the brutality that they practiced and then uh, gave to the Spanish, Mary came to be their mother too. Yeah, She came to save them. 
to say there's a new way. There's a, a one true God, and you don't have to kill each other and mm-hmm. you know worship the devil. I'm the one who crushes the head of the serpent. So that's the main message. There's a lot of scientific, uh, extraordinary stories behind the Tilma, which we'll now get into. But the key is this exists as a reminder. Stop worrying. The mother of God is our very mother, and she takes her vocation as mother so seriously mm-hmm. that her entire dignity is wrapped up upon her being our mother. She, When she, the Virgin Mary looks at us, she looks at us with the love that she has for Christ. Yeah. Because for her to call us my son, it cost her her son. So she takes her mothering us extraordinarily seriously. And because she's a mediatrix of all grace, every grace we receive from God comes through her. Her eyes are always, always, always upon us. Mm-hmm. They're always upon us. And she shows that to us in the tilma of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So the miraculous image came forth when Juan Diego goes to the bishop. He has a tilma full of roses. He thought that that was the sign that God was going to provide. When he unfurls the tilma, not only do the roses hit the floor, Castilian roses. My last name is Castilia, so I like, I like that little detail. <laughs> and the roses hit the floor, but more miraculously, a divine image, which science to this day cannot explain, appears on the tilma. And... I mentioned that the eyes of Our Lady are always with us. She has a special emphasis on her eyes that only modern science has been able to reveal. Yeah, it's so amazing. when ophthalmologists put an ophthalmoscope to the eyes of the Virgin of the Tilma, they the eyes reflect light the same way that human eyes would reflect light. And when it's put under a microscope, even though the eyes of Our Lady in this image are like not even a you know five sixteenths of an inch. Mm. You can see in them the exact scene that happened from Our Lady's perspective when Juan Diego opens his tilma. You can see a bishop. You can see the bishop's assistants. You can see the reflection of Juan Diego. You can see a human family. And so Our Lady is saying that she not only has in her eyes the Catholic Church, the bishops, the priests, but she has in her eye the human family and most importantly, each one of our families. So the tilma itself, you could start from just the very fibers that it's implanted upon. The tilma is a work garment for workers, and it was only intended to last because it was made out of agave. Normally, it would only last 50 years. This tilma of Our Lady of Guadalupe has not had any treatment done on it, and it's lasted almost 500 years. And been uh, subjected to all kinds of abuse. That's right, because when the, the people first received it, they're like venerating this thing rightly as a relic, and they did not think to put this in glass. They did not think to, you know, treat this. This is a, yeah. they, they saw it as a miraculous sign. They were touching, uh, touching r- it. Replicas to it all the time. Yeah, they were nonstop the touching it. Yes, people, would, people yeah. would come and touch it for healings and inner sessions. Hold that thought. Gabriel Castillo unfortunately doesn't have a lot to say on this subject, uh, but we're going to make him say a few more things coming up after this very quick break. We're talking about Our Lady of Guadalupe, but if you have not seen his Our Lady of Guadalupe documentary film, go to Gabby After Hours on uh, YouTube. We're going to link to it on all of our video feeds today, but more is coming. Don't go anywhere. The miracles have yet to happen. Uh, first off, I'd just like to say um, I did uh, five years in prison in Texas, and thanks to the Guadalupe Radio Network down there and your ministry, there is a lot of us getting back on track. And especially a big thank you to all your donors who donate to the network, and uh, it really helps a lot of us felons 
find the way and find that the, the Catholic truth and get back on track. So really thank you for that. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you really believe in a secret catching away of the church called the rapture? The pages of your Bible are empty of that type of talk. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, solid biblical doctrine is time-tested. This rapture idea got its wheels rolling by John Darby in about 1830. I mean, have you heard of a third coming? You know you haven't. Secondly, God's nature. There's no reasonable premise in Scripture, let alone in moral reasoning, for the results of a rapture scenario such as this. A Christian pilot is yanked, raptured, out of his jet, while scores of the remaining passengers who are not Christians violently crash to their death. Meanwhile, said pilot is basking in the presence of God. This is absurd, and believe me, this is preached day in and day out. Thirdly, bad fruit. The preacher at your church says, Tonight, don't you be left in that pew alone, while that person next to you gets raptured straight up into heaven. That, my friend, is folly with no foundation. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I'm uh, looking at this uh, incredible, beautiful documentary film by Gabriel Castillo over at his YouTube channel, Gabby After Hours. Adrian, you can share my desktop and we're going to be showing that to you off and on, but uh, we're going to link to it as well. Gabriel, welcome back to the show. You know, uh, there's so much that can be talked about. I think we should spend the next uh, four or five hours just diving into the details. But nonetheless, we don't have that kind of time. There are, I think uh, you were saying a minute ago, there are lots of things you learned along the way. Yes. To include things that people talk about all the time, but that may not be true. Right. That was a difficulty I had when making the documentary because there's a lot of things that are extraordinary. So, for example, I mentioned that the... Agave is 500 years old. There was a bomb that was set off by Freemasons. And after the explosion, even the brass crucifix on the altar, which we show in the documentary, was completely bent over backwards. And the tilma was un- unharmed. So that's extraordinary. And, and we'll go through some more extraordinary things. But there's a lot of untrue things that try to make the tilma out to be uh, alive and Maybe those claims, I don't know where they originated, but there's no scientific backing behind them. So in our documentary, we only included items that had been substantiated by scientists with PhDs who you can go back and say, this doctor from this university examined the tilma and said this. So some of the uh, false ones are that a gynecologist from Mexico was putting the stethoscope on the tilma and he heard a heartbeat over the womb. I, I don't know why a gynecologist would be examining this uh, sacred image, how he would have access to this mm-hmm. sacred image. Uh, I, let me see that tilma. Why, sir? I'm a gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then right this way. <laughs> but there is yeah. some truth to a gynecologist making claims about the tilma. So I there's see. a guy named Castillo, who's a doctor, who's a gynecologist in Mexico, mm-hmm. who said that based on her proportions, from what he could see, she's obviously a pregnant woman and that she would be delivered around December 25th, which which would coincide with the December 12th apparition, which coincides with Christmas, and a lot of our other feast days that happen to be... Amazing. Correct, and that we've, you know, backed up with various other historical and uh, scientific research. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because the December the 25th thing always gets gets lambasted every year by certain Protestants, uh, very fundamentalist Protestants, who will try to say, oh, that's so totally made up, and yet there's incredible historic... uh, 
yes. evidence that we could pull out and say, actually, not so much. It, it all kind of adds up. And, and, and the stars, and actually, one of the things that surprised me the most, and this is a characteristic of Our Lady. So there's two things you should always look at when you're reading apparitions or learning about church-approved apparitions, is that the words of the Virgin Mary, they're not sacred scripture, but they carry with them a profound depth, and the Holy Spirit kind of works with them in a way yeah. that you could do Lexio Divina with. On top of that, the hand of Mary, when she does anything, because she's perfect, she's, you know, Our Lady Seat of Wisdom, she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. When Our Lady does something, she always, it's not just for one end, Our Lady makes one action work for several ends. So example, in the Tilma, it was applied to the Aztecs, it was applied to the Spaniards, it's applied for us today through the modern marvels. So everything on the Tilma has more than one meaning. So for example, the stars on her, her garment, they do represent the stars and the way they were aligned on the night of December 12, 1531. Absolutely. But on top of that, what we've discovered in modern science is a scientist, I forget the name of his name, put a staff notation from music and found that the stars actually make a beautiful harmony. So the way the stars are aligned, if Juan Diego had received this apparition a few minutes before or a few minutes after, the music would not, it would not, there would not be a very yeah. harmonious sound. So it, like the fact that there's music hidden in the stars as well as the stars representing the exact moment when Juan Diego unfurls the tilma mm. is extraordinary, in my opinion. Yeah, that was one of the more surprising things yes. that I learned from your documentary. And we put the music in the documentary. You're listening to it while we're, we're discussing it's and amazing. showing that. Yes. It's really, really amazing. There's so much. And, then, of course, the uh, I, I've known about a lot of these uh, elements, but yes. I don't think I knew about the, the music. That was very, very fascinating. Another thing that I found pretty surprising was that Every, every every aspect of this image was made for the Aztecs. The way Our Lady's hair is parted, the black cincture that she has around her waist representing that she's pregnant. But I was not aware of the various flowers and their symbolisms to the Aztec people. Mm. So there's a special flower called the Queen Quicks flower that's a four-petal, and it represents the center of the universe, the the origins of the cosmos. And on her garment, so, so if the Aztecs were to see this symbol, they'd go crazy. They'd be like, wow, what is this? And so over her womb, there's the Queen Quicks flower, which showed to the Aztec people that this pregnant woman had the center of the universe inside of her womb. Wow. And when you put the Queen Quicks flower, if you're going to lay this over the topography of Mexico, if you put the Queen Quicks flower over the spot of Mexico City, where the apparition would have happened, all the other flowers align with various mountains, volcanoes, and hills in that region. That's amazing. So it's it's absolutely incredible. You know, um, I am pretty passionate about this particular yes. subject. I'm very passionate about Hernan Cortez. Uh, I would I would sell my home and and make a documentary yes. film on him alone if it wouldn't if it didn't mean my family would be homeless. But uh, nonetheless, I feel like the you know it's so important as Catholics, no matter where we live, but especially as Catholics in America, we should be paying attention to what goes on in Mexico. Yes, because Our Lady was so determined, and uh, you know her uh, Hernan played almost like a John the Baptist for her. Yes, he made straight the path so that she could show up just a few years later, yes. really, mm -hmm. and uh, convert millions of, of these people, because that's how much she loved them, that she would save them from Satan himself. And it seems Satan is determined to, to take back this country from her. 
Yes, and she's the star of the new evangelization. And I think that's why there's some false information that the devil tries to throw at her so that people can hear something false and be like, that's unsubstantiated or that's a, a cult that's gone too too far. So, for example, another false thing that is out there is that the pigments hover over the tilma and that the eyes will shift around and open and close and look at people and that the body temperature or the temperature of the tilma is 98.6 degrees. As amazing as that would be, we don't need to make up things that are unsubstantiated. If they measure the temperature and that happens to be true, amazing, great. But that just hasn't been... Not a documentation. It's not documented. But but what has been documented is that the pigments, we don't know where they came from. Like, so there's no animal or mineral or paint. The entire image has no paint strokes on it. It's as if it just appeared in a single act. And, and that's incredible. This is an image, the, the, a photograph, so to speak, of the Virgin Mary. And I think every single home should have this picture in their house yeah. as a reminder to them, not only of the great scientific anomalies, but as a reminder to them, Jesus is in that womb and I'm a member of body, the body of Christ. I am in that womb and Our Lady loves me with the love that she has for him. If she comforted him and clothed him and fed him mm-hmm. she's going to do the same for me because she loves me with that same zealous love of a mother and her child and you know all of this points to bringing two cultures together yes absolutely. for a powerful reason uh i like the iridescence qualities you know if yes. you get closer she looks one way you get further yes. away she looks a different way so either more spanish or more aztec depending yes. on your distance to and that shows also Tillman. and our lady does this all over the world she will appear to the culture at that time and so because you had the Aztecs and the Spaniards in this great conflict, Our Lady appeared as a woman who was mixed race, half Spanish and half Aztec. And so this was her way of saying, I'm here to bring two cultures together. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to make this work. Uh, she's the star of the new evangelization. All conversion is, an, is from grace, and grace only is received through prayer and through sacrifice. And so all of our evangelization efforts— need to be under the patronage of the Virgin Mary because where Mary is, the Holy Spirit will be. And where the Holy Spirit is, conversion is. Very important. We need to embrace Our Lady Guadalupe. Yes, In a very powerful way. Definitely. I went to a Mass last night and the the church was full. It was midnight and so I, you know, it was my little cross to get up here uh, five, whatever time I got here. Wow, that's lazy uh, sleeping in. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. But it was so beautiful to see the passion and the zealousness of the Mexican people. The priest was saying, Our Lady chose to be in Mexico and to remain there and her image is there. And yes, we we need to embrace this because although it happened in Mexico, the message is for all of us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely for all of us. Yeah, but and look at the... The war, though, the war is raging for souls in Mexico. Yes, Santa Muerte is the photo yes, it negative. Is. It's the yes, opposite it end of the spectrum. Yes. It is a mockery of Our Lady. Yes. And the devil is, uh, he's, he's winning some major victories right now in Mexico. Yes, he is. And so we should utilize the Virgin of Guadalupe and our Mexican brothers and sisters, remind them. Because she's a national treasure. When I went to film the documentary there, they did not want me filming the the federal government said, you don't have federal permission to be filming. So I had to put away my fancy camera. And half the documentary, although it still looks amazing, was, <laughs> fil- was filmed on my iPhone. Really? Yeah. It's the, the whole second, the whole ending where Friday Giovanni's going over the messages about how Our Lady's going to be your consolation, etc. Yeah. They had said, if we see that camera again, we're going to take it from you. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're, ta- we're going to take away the footage. 
You don't have permission to be filming here. That with your regular camera or your iPhone? No, so I, with my professional camera. Okay. Because we filmed the introduction and the conclusion there on location, and I just used movie magic to make the rest <laughs> look like we filmed it there. Yeah. And so I, at that point, I was like, "All right, here we go, iPhone. Let's do this. Let's do this thing." You got so, an iPhone Pro? Uh, the, yeah, I had the. 13, okay, well that helps. The time, yeah. That helps anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's insane, isn't it? Um, that more people don't really know the depth and richness of the story of Our Lady Guadalupe. Yes. That um, it sort of she sort of gets relegated to you know. Well, that's for the Mexicans, right? Yeah, you know, that's I, no, for the Hispanics. Not. I it's was, not for us, but this I was is. Surprised, but she did this yeah. for us. This she is, did this for us. But I was surprised I mean, at how few, how few other religions. I'm not how few other religions. How few other nations were present at the basilica? I went one day, and there's footage there. It's completely packed to the gills. Yeah, and all Mexicans. I didn't see any white-skinned people except for me. That's horrible. Yeah, that's really horrible. Um, I would love to make Our Lady of Guadalupe much better known in the world, and I think you're doing that with your with your documentary film and your YouTube channel because so many people uh, check this stuff out and they find you because it's such good quality. It's Thank so you. beautifully done and so inspirational. And uh, and I know a lot of non-Catholics uh, embrace your content as well. So you're planting many seeds, my friend. Yeah, well, thank you. And we plan on making more documentaries on Our Lady. We've got, we already have one on Our Lady of Lourdes. Um, we have one coming out on Our Lady of Good Help. But nice. another surprising thing is just how much the message overlaps. Yeah. Prayer and penance... Absolutely. And confidence, confidence, confidence yeah. in the mother of God and her love for you. Yeah, I love that latest video on confidence. It was great. Yes, thank you. Gabriel Castillo, God bless you, my God friend. God bless you. Uh, Gabby After Hours, you. check him out on YouTube. Praise be to God. you got to watch this. You're going to love it. Share it with a friend, too, while you're at it. Hey, listen, that's going to do it for hour number one. Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on with us in the second hour. Love to have you there if you can. Hang out with us online, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you then. Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Father John Bartunik, in his book, The Better Part, wrote, Gratitude is one of the most beautiful flowers in the whole garden of virtues. It directly contradicts self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self-absorption. It builds bridges, unites communities, and softens hearts. It encourages and inspires. It cuts through discouragement and counteracts depression. It opens the soul to the truth and releases anxiety. It brings smiles and gladness wherever it blooms. What a pity that it is as rare as it is lovely. When was the last time you were truly grateful to our Lord for the spouse He has given to you? When was the last time that you told your spouse you are very grateful for him or her? Gratitude goes a long way in healing wounds. Give it a try. Go home today and tell your spouse how grateful to God you are that he or she married you. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. 
Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and I, the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash C. Has Catholic Radio blessed you? Bless a friend. Tell them to listen to AM 1430 KSHJ Catholic Radio for Houston. Speed to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Wow. Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm fired up. It's it's very fire upable. Is that that like a word? Can we say Say that? When Gabe talks, you just shut up and listen. Peace be upon him. Wow. Absolutely. Praise be to God. So good. So good. You gotta watch his little video. I mean, it's like twenty you minutes watch all long. His videos. Yeah, you should. I agree, hundred percent. You know what? Other thing that always impressed me about Our Lady of Guadalupe, hmm. and it's true for all of her official apparitions. There's a common thread. Well, there's many, but this is one of them. She is so tolerable to knucklehead bishops. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Samarga, not necessarily a knucklehead, but what I mean by that is like, like he didn't trust. He yeah. didn't trust. Uh, you know, Juan Diego. You know, kind of treated him poorly in the beginning. Even had him followed. You know what I mean? Which makes sense, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I can see the prudential judgment. I mean, okay, whatever. Given, but come on, man. If, our lady's asking. So, you think you don't know that though? If you had some random guy show up to you who just converted, yeah, he's a Catholic, mm-hmm. brand new Catholic, okay. shows up and is like, right. "Our lady yeah. has told me uh-huh. to tell you yeah. to build right. a church." Oh. <laughs> Spend all this money. Okay. Trust me. You okay, let me get this straight. <laughs> Juan. Juan is that that's your real name, Juan. Listen, bud. I understand you're fired up, but right. look. Listen. Okay, what you want me to what? Build a church and encourage Aztecs to become Christian? Right. I'm super shady skeptical <laughs> now. I mean, good grief. Like, yeah. Not I don't understand, dude. I just don't get it. It's like he's asking you to build a church. Even if Our Lady didn't appear to him, where's the downside? If you where had built a church every part? time someone asked you to, you would have no money. How many people are asking? Uh, lots of people. Yeah, I doubt it. I, doubt I don't it. know, man. <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree with Adrian this time because it's like I've met a guy. I met a guy once. He was like, yeah, I'm a prophet. Oh, I've met a couple of those, like, too. What are you talking about, dude? Like, prophets? Like, everything's like, fulfilled. To, what are you prophesying? You know, he told, he came in, the radio station say, was like, let me on the radio. I need to talk about uh, St. Michael. Yeah, I, I've had that experience. <laughs> and but, Joe's like, no! But prophets, but that same guy didn't say, our lady told me to tell you to build a church. They you didn't let him. Those, these supposed prophets don't say those things. You cut him off. He was about to say that to you. No, what he said to me was, you need to put me on the radio so that I can tell the world to go to Megiddo because Christ is coming and the battle will rage. By the way, I I just got out of prison. He said that too. (laughs) (laughs) He said they just dropped me off at the corner and this is the first sign I saw. Who's (laughs) they? Well, your, 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 your federal, uh, administrations. Oh, mine. Yeah. Praise be to God. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, our lady, uh, very, very commonly in approved apparitions, she will be very patient Mm. and long suffering with the local bishop. 
while they work through all of their doubts and you all of their know, skepticism though. through prudential judgment, whatever. It might have been a humbling moment for for the bishop. Right? Oh, no doubt. I you mean, know? that was the whole like Castillo maybe, uh, Roses thing, right? That that was like an opportunity maybe also to work him into the miracle. You know, uh, I, I don't doubt that. I'm but, just saying uh, – I am clearly not like our lady. Trust but verify. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> if Joe was in that situation, he would have believed and he would have done exactly what our lady wanted immediately. immediately. Yes. Immediately. A hundred percent, as they say. Don't fact check that. Just go with it. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, our lady is, is truly, truly amazing. Praise be to God. I just, I can't get enough of our lady Guadalupe in this story of how it all happened. You know, it just is so very, very impressive. But, you know, uh, Tito Edwards joins us right now by BigPulpit.com. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Adrian and Rudy. How are you all doing? Good morning. Praise be to God. We are alive. And that counts. How are you? I'm doing terrific. I'm just listening to your conversations. And uh, I don't want to blaspheme by accident. (laughs) So I'll just remain quiet regarding Our Lady and telling me what I need to do. (laughs) Now, uh, have you seen Gabriel Castillo's documentary film, by the way? No, no, I'm, I I want to wanna watch it as soon as possible. Did you wow. know? Did you know about the music that's uh, uh, built in to the Tilma? Yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah, I've heard about that. I, of all the things about Our Lady, that's the only thing I'm still semi skeptical about. Really? Wow! You got to go watch this video then. Uh, because okay. that, one of the things that he was trying to do in that was to dispel some of the myths and misconceptions about Our Lady. Some of the things that people say are true but aren't verifiable, whereas this was one of those that was verifiable, which is why he included oh, wow. it. So you ought, to, you ought to check that out. But speaking of verifiable and uh, transparency, oh, I, I saw this morning linked up over at BigPulpit.com that you have out of the National Catholic Register uh, an article by Edward Penton just asking, well, how transparent are the Jesuits being right now about one of their own going through a court case? What's the deal here? It is a somewhat convoluted story and it is bad. What, and I'll try to summarize father Rupnik, uh, it was alleged that he spiritually abused a sister in Slovenia, where he's he from in 1995. Now who is father Rupnik? Father Rupnik is a, a mosaic artist, a Jesuit priest who gives spiritual exercises and in addition to being uh, a pretty a talented artist, uh, designing shrines, chapels and churches uh, with his beautiful artwork. And he was accused by a nun of spiritual uh, abuse in 1995. And it was reviewed by the doctrine for the the, the DDF uh, uh, last year. And it was ruled that due to statute of limitations, they couldn't do anything. And and that dives right into another uh, sexual abuse allegation where uh, Father Rupnik violated the Sixth Commandment with uh, a nun and then uh, gave absolution for that in confession. Uh, not many Catholics are aware of what happens when that happens, but you can, a priest cannot give absolution to uh, a sin which he's involved in, and that counts as automatic excommunication, mm. which was confirmed by a canonical law 
by by the uh, the Vatican, and then due to Father Rupnik's uh, uh, lobbying, Pope Francis intervened directly and lifted the automatic excommunication. Wow! And so, on top of all of this, in the last month's Jesuit America magazine, Pope Francis. Uh, was saying that we, the Vatican, as well as the priests and the laity, need to be equally transparent. And uh, within less than a week, all these allegations, all the news about Father Rupnik came up in several Italian and French uh, news sites. So it is a huge pile of mess. <laughs> it is wow. I'm, I'm still trying. I, I just finally got the timeline straightened out in my head, and it, it is just, it does not look good. We don't know all the facts. We don't know who knows what. And, and that's the big problem right there is there's a lack of transparency with the Father Arturo Sosa, the head of the Jesuits, uh, sidestepping the, the allegations by saying that uh, a technical issue of a statute of limitations pretty much uh, he uh, fought, exonerates Father Rupnik, but he is um, prevented from giving spiritual exercises and offering confession. Mm. Now, I understand Father Rupnik uh, was was uh, very tight with His Holiness Pope Francis. In fact, he was even invited to uh, fill in for Father Cantilla Mesa, our cardinal. I think he's he's been named a cardinal, if, you, if I'm not mistaken. Cantilla Mesa there in the Vatican preaching during the Lenten season to the to the house of the Pope. Uh, so he's got a pretty tight relationship there. It's very interesting that His Holiness would lift the excommunication, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, I And it's all due to, to the fact... Now, the reason why they confirmed that there was a statute of limitations and why it wasn't publicized before, Father Arturo Sosa... And uh, I, I could be wrong here. The DDF said that uh, because it was between adults, it's not as severe as if it involved the minors. And, and this shows a pattern outside of the Vatican that so long as it happens between adults, then uh, it, really, it really isn't that big of a deal. And I'm just paraphrasing what, mm. the, the general thought of what, what people, the laity are getting of the impression concerning these sexual allegations. So all the way around, it just, things don't add up. If, if Pope Francis is, is just saying that we need to have transparency across the board, and then we hear what happened with Father Rupnik, and, and all none of this has been uh, publicly explained yet, then... Um, some, there's a disconnect between the message and the messenger. So there, Ed Penton is probably the best Vatican reporter out there in the English-speaking world, and I'm yeah. sure he's going to find out more information on this for the register. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I read in the article that I didn't like was just how often they kept repeating for people's privacy, the privacy of the people, you know, privacy, 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 privacy. It seemed to me like, I get it, like there should be some privacy. People deserve Especially victims deserve some privacy. I don't dis disagree with that. But it also felt like they're hiding behind this privacy label to get away with not having to be, be so forthright about really what's going on. Did you see that? Yes. It, they're constantly bringing up that point. You can still, 
uh, relate the 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 case to problems that's going on without mentioning names. You can just say the nun or this person uh, was uh, sexually abused or spiritually abused by Father Rupnik, uh, allegedly. So there's there's ways to explain yourself, but uh, the, they're they're hiding behind this this privacy, and it's and it somewhat stems from the fact that it's between adults. Yeah, not, that, that was not the even other consensual thing. adults. <laughs> that was the other thing that I've not liked about these types of cases. As soon as they go, oh, this is between adults. Like, oh, okay, no, it's no big deal now. It's it's there's a sense of well, it's not minor, so therefore. We're talking about consensual adults. No, we're not talking about consensual adults. And even if it were, it's still horrible and bad, and we ought not to be uh, tolerating these things. But they seem to use these opportunities to kind of give it a pass or, or, or make it feel like it's not as big of an issue as it really is. Yes, it's – and this, this is the root of many of the problems, at least communicating – the Vatican Communications uh, Department uh, relating what's going on within the church to the rest of the world is that there's this added, it's a different, in Europe, it's a different attitude as it is in 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 the Ang, in the uh, English speaking world where oh it's between two adults it's, it's not it's not that big of a deal we'll 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 clean it up behind closed doors uh, but in the U.S., oh, it is a big deal because it's still a sin. It's still a crime. Somebody was offended. Somebody uh, was the offender. This needs to be uh, put out in public and and cleaned up so you can put trust back into the church. And right now, there is almost no trust at all with the with the church. There there is right now. I think only journalists reporting on this are the last people on the planet that have any trust of what the Vatican says. Real quickly, uh, we have a, just over a minute left in our conversation. I, whenever these kind of stories come up and we hear the word abuse, my a red flag always goes up for me because I'm thinking, okay, what are we talking about? What do we mean by abuse? Because that word can be stretched to mean so many different things that it's hard to understand what's actually happening. Do we know what, what we're talking about when we say abuse? And specifically in this case, uh, it was spiritual abuse and sexual abuse. Uh, it, it was a, a person in authority taking advantage of his position due to his being a priest. And, and, and so that's where the abuse comes in, where you, you're probably telling this person uh, some spiritual advice and the person is is uh, receiving the wrong advice and continues to be abused. So uh, in this Rupnik case, it goes, it's it's uh, spiritual and sexual abuse mm. that is going on. Again, these are allegations. Wow. Well, we're just about out of time. I highly encourage everyone to check out the massive Monday edition over at bigpulpit.com. That's bigpulpit.com. Always a great list of uh, all of those big stories in the Catholic world and beyond, and he's got them linked up and categorized there. And so check it out, bigpulpit.com. Tito Edwards, God bless you. God love you, my friend. We appreciate having you on. We love you guys. Thank you, Joe, Adrian, and Rudy. All right, let's pray for transparency in that case and justice, justice. That's what we should be praying for. All right, uh, we're going to be up against a break here. So here's your opportunity to play, to possibly win prizes, to learn, 
It's called Fear and Trembling. It's a Catholic trivia game show. You could win, but you got to be our contestant. you got to call right now. Phone lines are open for you at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We're going to be right back. Fear and Trembling is coming up next, and you could win. Call right now, 877-757-9424. Be right back. In Romans chapter 3, it says that none is righteous and that all have sinned. But the Catholic Church teaches that Mary is without sin. How can that be? Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Yet James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If absolutely no one is righteous, then who is James talking about? Luke chapter 1 says that Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous before God. If absolutely no one is righteous, then how can that be? Is scripture contradicting itself? No, the folks who interpret Romans as saying absolutely without exception, no one is righteous, are misinterpreting that passage. They are failing to realize that the key to understanding Romans 3.10 is the phrase, it is written. Here in Romans, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, Psalm 14 to be exact. In Psalm 14, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. There is none that does good. But then that same psalm goes on to talk about the righteous. Well, if none has done good, who are the righteous people the psalm is talking about? Obviously, when the psalmist says that none is good, he is talking about the fools who say there is no God. He is not talking about absolutely everyone. Just so Paul, when he quotes from the psalm, Paul is not saying absolutely no one is righteous. If he was, then how do you explain all the Old and New Testament passages that refer to the righteous? In Romans 3.11, it says that no one seeks for God. Does that mean that absolutely no one is seeking God? No, to interpret it that way would be ludicrous. Just so verse 23, which says that all have sinned. Babies haven't sinned, have they? Little children haven't sinned, have they? No, this is not an absolute. There are exceptions. So it is perfectly legitimate to say that these passages from Romans, when interpreted in context, in no way conflict with the church's teaching on Mary being without sin. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas that you can't tell anybody ever. You hear me? Don't Stop it. I can see you tweeting. Don't do that. Keep this between us. But we, there are a few things we like to do on the game show. Some undercover, down low, keep it quiet type of things. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we very sneakily slip questions in here where you're going to learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And with all these Christmas parties, you get opportunities to teach other people and brag about what you know about the Catholic faith. And then, of course, we like to laugh. We like to have a chuckle, a good time. And our callers almost always laugh at our jokes, and we appreciate that because nobody else does. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everybody involved. You could learn, you could laugh, 
and you could win. The kicker, the secret sauce is we don't ask the caller. They don't need to know. They may not know any of the correct answers, but could still win the game because instead of asking them, I ask Rudy, I ask Adrian, one of which has a correct answer, the other has an incorrect answer. And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our friend Damon has generously donated this amazing rosary. If you're listening to us on the radio right now, I wish you would be able to see this because Mm -hmm. it is amazing. It's got this fantastic heft to it. It's it's made out of hematite. Wow. And it's gorgeous. Now, whoever like wins this rosary. week, this is an incredible. Is it rosary. like a chain? Is it on chain? I think so. And I, is I it like sturdy. I don't say this very much about anything, mm-hmm. but I would say this is heirloom quality. No, hundred really? percent heirloom quality. Wow. Yeah, it's made by our good friend Damon. Damon, God reward you. Whoever wins this week, please offer up a couple of rosaries for His holy intentions. Amen. Praise be to God. Praise Thank you so God. much. I mean, this is one of those that a guy could put in his pocket and won't break. Because, like, the regular chains always break. Always. This is, this is by far the, the most gorgeous rosary I've seen in a very long time. Wow, that's saying something. All right, Damon, God bless you, my friend. Thanks for thanks for doing that. We can't wait to give this away this week. All right, let's go to the phones. Leslie, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Leslie. Where are you calling from? League City, Texas. League City, Texas. What is League City, Texas famous for? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being down the street from me. <laughs> this is a this is a family show, but we have something on Calder Road, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. Praise <laughs> It used to have a great League City. Used to have a wonderful pizza joint uh, back in the day, like a long time ago. I used to go and do live remote broadcast uh, from that pizza joint and sell car raffle tickets for the GRN there all the time. But I think they've shut down since. But nonetheless, Leslie, we are glad you are here. Where do you go to church? I go to Shrine of the True Cross in Dickinson. Wonderful. Nice. Praise be to God. We're glad you are you are on, Leslie. Do you understand how the game works? Do you know the rules? Yes, I know I'm not allowed to ever say Adrian is right. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Uh, can we just give her the rosary? What? Should we just cut to the chase and just ship it to her right away? I mean, I don't understand why we're Leslie, you're breaking up. All right, Leslie, we're going to play. Nonetheless, uh, you should be aware, though. You should be warned. Uh, uh, only one of the two guys is wearing a tie today. So which one you need to uh, you need to correlate <laughs> that information, uh, you, you know, uh, to your advantage is what I would argue. But let's pr- start with Rudy. Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure? Yes. Because I'm not sure I'm ready today. Really? I think we should start over. All right, let's do it from the top. Right now. Right now. Okay. Can you tell me what famous Catholic Portuguese navigator was the first to circumvent the go- the globe? A Portuguese guy, right? So he spoke. Uh, he spoke Brazilian. No. No. Okay. My wife is going to smack you the next time she sees you. Uh, she, they do not. Brazilians speak some foreign crazy language. Uh, well, Portuguese speak Portuguese. This guy has a really Portuguese name. I'm going to try and pronounce it cor- correctly. Oh, I see. It's uh, Walter Raleigh. Really? Yes. <laughs> I, it's Portuguese? Yeah. Okay. It's got all the weird little hmm. fadas on it and stuff. <clears throat> I'm going to text my wife. Hey, honey. Um... <laughs> All right, so you're saying Walter Raleigh. Walter Raleigh. Walter Raleigh. Yes. Got it. Okay. Adrian, I know you are an expert in all things Portuguese, 
Could you tell me so who that. was the uh, Portuguese navigator who was the first to cir- circumnavigate is the correct word. I said something mm. other than circumnavigate the globe, sir. Yes. Well, as an expert in all things Portuguese, uh, as the Brazilians speak, uh, that would be <laughs> Ferdinand Magellan. Mm-hmm. Who was not Brazilian, even though he spoke Brazilian, like Rudy said. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so your answer is Ferdinand Magellan. That's correct. Magellan. Wasn't there like a navigation system for your car? There is also a really nice uh, clothing brand. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm Jellin. Are you Jellin? Uh, I guess so. Leslie, uh, hopefully you're an expert in Portuguese. <coughs> but uh, the question is, who was the first Catholic Portuguese navigator to circumnavigate the globe? Adrian seems to think it was Ferdinand Magellan, whereas Rudy's on the board for Walter Raleigh. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Magellan. 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 Who would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who said that again? You are masterful. Just amazing. The way you just so Leslie doesn't get any of the perks of St. Adrian's right (sighs) there. So, there are perks. There are perks. <laughs> what are these perks? You, speak are, you become younger, more you attractive. <laughs> you, all these different things happen um, when you go with Adrian. But when you are but when you are uh, a master like Leslie is, you don't need any of those other things. Mm, mm-hmm, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See where I'm going? Mm-hmm, you are correct, mm-hmm. Leslie. Ferdinand Magellan is correct. Who's Walter Raleigh, by the way? Walter Raleigh was a, a famous navigator. But don't ask me where he was from. I see. I see. Definitely also, not from Portugal. I think they make uh, pipe tobacco named after him for some reason. Okay. Anyway. Well, Magellan is what we are looking for. You're in the cup. You could win, Leslie. Let's go with a question you should know. So, no pressure, Leslie. You ought not to get this one wrong. I'm just saying. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian, I know that you have stood in the shadow of this, uh, but uh, could you tell me what is the only relic that may be carried under a canopy in procession? Ah, yes. That would be the relic of the true cross. Really? Yes, I'm sure they do that. They're trying the true cross all the time. Uh, do they? I don't know. I wonder. We'll ask. Okay, uh, let's see what uh, Rudy says. Rudy, could you tell me what is the only relic that may be carried under a canopy in procession? Now, I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. it happens to be a relic okay. of St. Peter's flabellum. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. That is I don't even amazing. know what a flabellum is. Actually, you do. I do. You definitely know what a full bubble is, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Leslie, you got options It's a huge here. relic, by the way. Is it? It's, it's big. Ma- it's uh, ouch, yeah. as some would say. Okay. It's big. Uh, Leslie, you got options here. What is the only relic that may be carried under a canopy in procession? Uh, Rudy seems to think it's the relic of St. Peter's flabellum versus Adrian is on the hook for a relic of the true cross. 15 seconds on the, cl- on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Leslie, what say you? It would be the relic of the true cross. Huh. What? 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 Which one said that? I forget. I'm starting to feel some like animosity over here from Leslie. No, it's so, <laughs> so refreshing. It's heartwarming to know that I'm kind not of, I'm all kind of, of society I'm gonna be is honest. completely lost. That there are still, still bright lights in the world. Leslie, you give me hope. I'm, you give I'm me shedding hope. a tear actually right now. Yeah, you are Leslie, right. Leslie knows that the flabellum is the pontifical fan. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. So it'd be a huge that's relic right. under be, a canopy. That would be, be hilarious. Oh, man. Be hilarious. <laughs> but in fact, it is the relic of the true cross, which was which a give me for Adrian's Leslie because right. she goes to the shrine of the true cross. Mm-hmm. How many, how many uh, processions do you have over there, Leslie? 
we actually do quite a few processions, yeah. um, but it's kind of slowed down since uh, since the pandemic. Well, uh, let's ask sense. Father to make processions great again. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Uh, all right. Last question. And I'm going to be honest. This is the one where you're going to learn something. Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure. But we're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? The attempt to obtain a dispensation under false pretense is called what? Uh, don't get me started on these... Uh... On these mm. false pretenses here, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Dispensations that last a couple years for okay. no reason. Yeah. Abruption is what it's called. Uh, sorry, Abruption. what? Abruption. Uh, I'm sorry. Abruption. Abruption. Abruption? Abruption. That's a word? Yeah. Abruption. 100%. Abruption. Okay. I didn't make it up. Adrian, I wonder what you're going to say here. The attempt to obtain a dispensation under false pretense is called what, sir? An anti-petition. Not anti, anti Anti-petition. Anti-petition. Anti-A-N-T-E petition. I see. That's going to be your answer? That's my answer. You're sure? You want to phone a friend? Nope. Okay. Anti-petition. Interesting. All right, Leslie, you got options here. The attempt to obtain a dispensation under false pretense is called what? Adrian says anti-petition, but Rudy says abruption. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Leslie, what say you? I think Rudy is right. Wow! What? (laughs) Tripling down. What is that? And she's right. Oh, man. Booyakasha moment right there. Girl boss all the way today. Leslie. Wow. Abruption is correct. And you did so. I think so Leslie should be banned from the show. I think you shouldn't play poker against Leslie. She'll Uh. she'll put the smack down. (laughs) Leslie, God bless you. Thanks for having a fun time with us today. We appreciate that. We're going to put you on hold. Don't go anywhere, but have a great day. Hey, that's going to do it for the radio side. If you want to join us in the after show where we get weird, join Thank us. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or Our Lady of Corpus Christi.org. Today we celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all of those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Please join in singing our opening song, Hail Mary, Gentle Woman. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord. 
Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers, brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father, Amen, Amen. Let us pray. O God, Father of mercies, who placed your people under the singular protection of your Son's most holy mother, 
Grant that all who invoke the Blessed Virgin of Guadalupe may seek with ever more lively faith the progress of peoples in the ways of justice and of peace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Reading from the book of Revelation. God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant could be seen in the temple. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child, and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. Then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge red dragon, with seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven diadems. Its tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman about to give birth to devour her child when she gave birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God and his throne. The woman herself fled into the desert where she had a place prepared by God. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his anointed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are the highest honor of our race. You are the highest honor of our race. Blessed are you, daughter by the Most High God, above all the women on earth, and blessed be the Lord God, the creator of heaven and earth. You are the highest honor of our race. Your deed of hope will never be forgotten by those who tell of the might of God. You are the highest honor of our race. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Blessed are you, Holy Virgin Mary, deserving of all praise. From you rose the Son of Justice, Christ our God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. In coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate today this amazing and beautiful feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. This, the event happened in 1531, quite a long time ago, but it still has its tremendous effects today. How many people are touched by that image of Our Lady of Guadalupe? How many still come to, her, to the shrine dedicated to her in Mexico City to offer their prayers and their love for her? It started by this beautiful woman appearing to this little man, Juan Diego, as he was coming around the hill and gave him a particular mission, a mission to go to the bishop to have a shrine, a place built in honor of her so that people could come to receive her care and her concern for them, to heal them and also just to, to, to give them uh, her, her love. And of course, Juan Diego goes to the bishop. He doesn't, not, that, not quite sure what to, what to make of it, it sends him away. Juan Diego comes again the next day and finally, the third day, with this, all these Castilian roses, which he throws at the feet of the bishop, and on his tilma is this amazing image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It was St. John Paul II who called Our Lady of Guadalupe the star of the new evangelization. Because in that whole story, there are elements of what the new evangelization is supposed to be, new in its approach and its energy, new in its methods, new in reproposing the faith that answers the questions of modern times. And Our Lady of Guadalupe is the perfect, perfect example of this new evangelization in three particular ways. Number one, by enculturation. Really, Our Lady met Juan Diego on his path of life. He was coming around the hill to do, you know, to go to Mass, and then later on to try to find a priest that could hear his uncle's confession before he died. But Our Lady met him there. Juan Diego even tries to walk on the other side of the hill because he has business, you know, to try to avoid being tamed by Our Lady. And yet she meets him on the other side of the hill. <laughs> He's not going to get away without accomplishing the mission that he had entrusted to her. The image of, of Our Lady Guadalupe is perhaps one of the absolute best and most astounding visual aids in Christian times. She appears as this mestiza, a mix of Spanish and Aztec, which would have spoken to the people. All the symbols in that image of Our Lady Guadalupe, the people would have understood. And of course, if we hear the book of Revelation from the first reading, we can also understand as Christians that she is more powerful than, for them, they would have understood that she is more powerful than all the other Aztec gods who worship the sun, the moon, and the stars, because she is clothed with the stars, the sun is behind her, and the moon is at her feet. She is pregnant, full of life, and I think that carries over into the openness of life that often our Hispanic brothers and sisters have. 
but all of the images pointing to the very center, the person who is in her womb. I believe this is one of the only images, of course, of the only images divine, let's say, that comes from divine origin of Mary who is still pregnant with the child Jesus. Pointing to that person, the one who is coming into the world to save us. And of course, all of the colors and everything just would speak to the people of the time. That really is enculturation. How do we present the gospel message today to the world in a new way that answers the questions of modern times? The second kind of key aspect is fidelity to the church. Our Lady had told Juan Diego to go first to the bishop to announce that she wanted a shrine, a, a, a place to, in her honor where people could come. And Juan Diego was faithful to that. He was faithful to going to the church leaders first. This is really because this, this is the spirit of Jesus. In the gospel, doesn't Jesus tell the people who have been healed to go first show themselves to the priest to offer the sacrifice? He goes and he preaches in the synagogues and the temples, and in, in the temple, the main temple. That fidelity of the church really shows that the, this apparition to Juan Diego led to millions of Aztec peoples seeking baptism and becoming followers of Christ. What the Franciscan missionaries could not accomplish in 50 years, she accomplished in 10. Isn't that amazing? That fidelity, fidelity to the church, that's a key in, in, in the new evangelization. And finally, Mary's tenderness that we see in this particular apparition of our Blessed Mother. She calls Juan Diego Juanito, Juan Dieguito, this beautiful term of endearment. And it just shows forth her angelic kindness. He says to, she says to him, am I not here, I who am your mother? Are you not under my protection? Are you not fortunately in my care? That motherly kindness, kindness of Mary, which is really a quality of her humility, touched people's hearts at that time and continues to touch our hearts. It helps us today. We need to remember to bring our greatest temptations, all of our struggles, even our fight against those temptations, to our Blessed Mother. Her kindness will give us courage and strength, and she will assist in removing all the obstacles that prevent us from becoming more conformed to Jesus. May Our Lady of Guadalupe, in her angelic kindness, inspire us and help us not only to conform our lives to Christ, but to bring others. Juan Diego's fidelity to our Blessed Mother helped for millions of people to be, uh, to be converted and will continue if we are faithful to the Church. May Our Lady of Guadalupe help us in this great endeavor, Mary as the star of the new evangelization. Let us pour forth our prayers to our Heavenly Father. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for the Church, for the new evangelization, that many souls may come to follow Christ more deeply in their life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are sick and who are suffering, we entrust them to the kindness and tender care of our Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Guadalupe, for their healing and strength. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pause in a moment of silence to offer the prayers we hold in our hearts.
we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, hear the prayers we bring before you this day. We entrust them to into the hands of our Blessed Mother for her intercession and answer all of our needs according to your holy will through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please join in singing, Holy is His Name. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit exalts in God my Savior, for He has looked with mercy on my lowliness and my name will be forever exalted for the mighty god has done great things for me and his mercy will reach from age to age and holy dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept, O Lord, the gifts we present to you on this feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and grant that this sacrifice may strengthen us to fulfill your commandments as true children of the Virgin Mary, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, and to praise, bless, and glorify your name on the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. For by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, she conceived your only begotten Son, and without losing the glory of virginity, brought forth into the world the eternal light, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, 
Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you, Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, 
you take away the sins of the world. Let us peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Lord has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally. Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift So far surpassing hope or thought Sweet sacrament we thee adore, O oh, make us love thee more and more, O oh, make us love thee more and more. Let us pray. Lord God, may the body and blood of your Son, which we receive in this sacrament, reconcile us always in your love. And may we who rejoice in Our Lady of Guadalupe live united and at peace in this world until the day of the Lord dawns in glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Hi, my name is Catherine and Valerie and Sarah, and we attend St. Maximilian Colby Catholic Community. And you're listening to KSHJ Houston, 1430 AM. Radio for your soul. Connection is a 